from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Sorry. What? Don't call me that. So rude. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Christmas edition. The Christmas is here. The Christmas edition of the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very non-ho-like Maya Strang. Oh, you're so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Also not ho-like, Josh Loveless. Hey, people. Ho-like. Our producer. Oh. Chad, that's, not, that's not right. Happy Black Friday, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Michael Snavely. Um, Jesse Carey had some um, scheduling snafus. So he might be joining us later, but he might not. He might show up. He's flying around in a sleigh delivering presents. <laughs> 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 all, all podcast long, we're going to be playing Christmas music and Christmas music only because it's now officially okay to listen to it. Yes. You, you weirdos who've been listening to it since October, I just want you to know that that is not socially acceptable. But now it is. So we have a great podcast lined up for you today. Uh, later on, we have an interview with filmmaker Steve Taylor, who is currently working on the film adaptation of Blue Like Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a music spotlight by a, a, an artist, a group that is uh, debuting their new album on The Drop all week long. It's Jesus culture, so that's coming up later. Good people, good people. We haven't met them. We, we don't haven't. Know. I just we assume. Well, I mean, it's Jesus culture, right? You just you assume that yeah. they're good people. They have to be. I good like people. their music, so I assume they're awesome. That's a, that's a good way to base your life decisions. People who make good music must be awesome. We would be friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but up first, your entertainment releases. Uh, music coming out on Tuesday, November thirtieth. We have Glee, the music, Ooh, volume four. Yeah. Why? Have you ever watched Glee? Yes. No, you haven't. I have watched Glee. I don't like Glee. Everyone thinks I should like Glee because they dance. I don't like <laughs> dancing and singing together. It's like what? stop singing. So, so you don't like musicals? No. Ugh. So you don't like Britney Spears or Bieber? No. Wait, isn't all dancing and singing together basically? I'm talking about like TV shows and Broadway. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying. So just musicals. Musicals. You like music videos where they dance and sing together. Yeah. This is very confusing. Are you a woman of principles? Sure. Because it sounds like you're mixing your principles. They are right in order in my head. Okay. You like Michael Jackson's Thriller video? Yes, but that's not a TV show or... It was long enough to be. Broadway. (laughs) Good point. There was no, like, they didn't break to act. How about that? There you go. Yeah, they did. And Thriller? <laughs> yeah, they were walking around. It was a short film. Well, they were on a date, and then the music emerged. Well, that one had zombies, so I'm fine with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fine with dancing and singing zombies? Yes. So you like zombie musicals? That's the asterisk. There's an asterisk if there's always. <laughs> anyway, that's coming out. Uh, Flow Rida is coming out with only one flow, part one. Oh. Uh, and then Black Eyed Peas is coming out with the beginning. They sound like they did at the beginning? Uh, they performed last week on the AMAs. I don't know if you saw the AMAs on Sunday, I didn't see that on Sunday night. I only How saw was it? Part it was of it. 
awful. Really? Wow. Yeah, the song is terrible. Uh, really, is. really terrible. Can, can we just say that uh, last week the the new the new Kanye came out, which I had been looking forward to. He's one of my favorite artists, and uh, I got I got the edited version. Just F, F, FYI, F, F, yeah, FYI, and I I hate it. I just want to say, and I know that that's blasphemous to all the indie snobs listening because Pitchfork gave it a perfect ten. Wow. A perfect 10. Wow. Really? But I, I think it's terrible. Huh. Not, it, the, the last third, you know, picks up, but halfway through the album, it's like... I heard it. C- it. Cuddy has let you down in the last couple of weeks. Cuddy let me down. Kanye. And now Kanye let me down. Wow. Maybe you'll have to give it some time. Do you think? No. No? Every, uh, every <laughs> other one of his other ones, you knew right away that it was new. Like, you listened to it the first time, and you're like... Something drew you to it. You know what I mean? You didn't know the songs yet. You weren't singing along, obviously. But it was fresh. It was something you hadn't heard before. And this one, I was like, man. I mean, it's just... That's blasphemy again to all the Pitchfork snobs. But whatever. Pitchfork's not the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not being revised. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, movie's coming out on Wednesday, December 3rd. I Love You, Philip Morris, starring Jim Carrey, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I, I'm gonna start putting his name on every movie just because I love hearing you say. I it. can't say it. <laughs> I know is it, it's not Ewan. It's Ewan. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, I've that's, never heard about that. That's someone where he's gay. Jim Carrey plays the gay guy, right? Philip Morris is the uh, cigarette company. No, I think that <laughs> I think that's his lover's name. Is it? Mm-hmm. I think it's the one where Jim Carrey plays this gay guy. I've not seen. The, I haven't uh, seen any for this. previous for it. <sighs> yeah, it's like an indie film. Uh, Black Swan, starring Natalie Portman. Uh, the Warrior's Way coming out with uh, Dong Gun Jang and Kate Bosworth. <laughs> and All Good Things starring Ryan Gosling and Kristen Dunst. Well, on that note, that'll wrap up entertainment <laughs> releases. <laughs> there you go. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This week's podcast is brought to you by Cool It! The Movie. This documentary takes a new approach to global climate change, protecting the planet, and saving its people. Cool It! is in theaters now. Visit coolitthemovie.com for more information. You're listening to Future Forestry. The song is Joy to the World. It's a new one. I think they wrote it. <laughs> it's playing right now on Relevant FM. We're, we're we're adding Christmas music to Relevant FM all month long. So we're like that Christian station that plays all the Christian Christian Christmas songs mm-hmm. like last couple of days before Christmas. We're doing That's it all us. month. You are long. that Christian station. Yes, <laughs> we're that one. And, and then at the beginning of the podcast, you heard KT Tunstall with the song "Sleigh Ride." Which is not a Christian Christmas song. No. Are we going to be raising support soon on the morning, the morning show? <laughs> the morning zoo crew. The morning zoo crew with the uh, Christian station. Uh, KT Tunstall, first time opening the podcast. I, I almost... Probably the last. <laughs> you tried to veto it. Yeah, I, I, I saw it in line and I'm like, KT Tunstall? That's not the vibe that we want to start off to, but it was a good song. Yeah. 
Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant FM. So there you go. Uh, the Future Forestry song is from their new album, The Advent Christmas EP Volume 2. It's really good. Chad uh, gave it to me this morning. As a present? Wrapped in a bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stocking stuffer early. Okay, so slices. <laughs> slices. What do you have, Maya? Oh, for slices today. So in the news, there's all this brouhaha about the scans at the airport. Yeah. Apparently, the they nudity. can see all of your business and stuff. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And uh, people don't want the, you know, Joe the, Schmo the business out there. looking at their business. Yeah. Um, so this guy uh, has a company. Um, Won't look at your Rocky business. Flats Gear. And <laughs> what they make is underwear that will cover your business. Can you hide a gun in it? Well, no. He says <laughs> it's made out of these special metals that won't... Um, you know, set off the metal detectors, and it's apparently will it it forms to your curves, is what it says. Oh, wait, wait, it's, it's a like, metal underwear, so it's like a chastity belt. Basically, yes. <laughs> and the men's one, here's a picture here, is of a fig leaf over, over the business, and then for the women's, it has hands clasped like in front. <laughs> so it is a chastity belt. So yeah, basically, and he's trying to make this like a really. Uh, Thing that everybody needs to have. Okay, and so wear. you're at the airport, and the scanner people are used to, you know, they need to see that there's no metal objects on you, whatever. Yes, That's yes, the whole point. Yes. So you are purposefully blacking out a part of your midsection. Yes. Don't you think you're going to get especially called out and yeah, patted down? They probably, stuff? and they'd pat that. They have to pat that yeah, area looking yeah. for concealed weapons. I think this guy works for the TSA. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Well, he's trying to make it popular. Did you hear the the TSA um, that I read this weekend? There's a lot of um, airports looking at like no longer using TSA agents at the to screening checkpoints. That they're hiring private companies instead because hmm. everybody's getting so Special many complaints. People to pat you well, down. They, you still have to follow all the security guidelines, but in particular, the TSA agents are are on such power trips and they're treating people so rudely uh-huh. that um, it's discouraging people from using those airports where they're the worst, you know? Hmm. And so the, those they're losing business because in ma- major metro areas, there's usually two airports and stuff. And so they're looking, a lot of uh, major airports are looking at going private. This is why I always take the Gre- Greyhound bus everywhere. <laughs> always. You and John Madden. Yep. Hey, I go to the West Coast, Greyhound it up just to avoid the TSA agent. Mm-hmm. The pat down, and yeah. the, the metal underwear. Oh, gosh. Uh, Chad, what do you have? All right. Well, <laughs> this is your first slice. Is, yeah, yeah. So you're filling in for Jesse. You better, I, you better be awesome. Well, okay. there's got to be monkeys involved. <laughs> well, there's there's not, but there's Jesus involved. Okay. Is that okay? okay? Always is that a, good. A, a close second, or does Jesus take the cake over the monkeys? We'll see. Jesus always takes cake. All right. Well, there is a new largest <laughs> statue in the world, a new largest Jesus statue in the world, okay. in a small Polish town, uh, and I have no idea how to pronounce it, so I'm going to butcher Ewan. it. Ewan. It's called <laughs> Ewan, Poland. <laughs> But it's spelled S-W-I-E-B-O-D-Z-I-N. All right. (laughs) So this weekend, 15,000 people, uh, they flock the town for the statue's unveiling. It is 108 feet tall. Wow. That's huge. That is really big. Uh, So what do you think? I mean, is that going to, uh, is going to have some staying power? Why? Well, if they built it well. It was a a priest, (laughs) it was a a local Roman Catholic priest's idea. He just wanted to have a huge Jesus statue. That's a big one. All right. Well, and there are like churches in Oklahoma that do that because they're out by the by the highway, the highway and stuff so. like that. I've seen crosses. It's big crosses. Yeah. yeah. He wanted yeah. to boost the economy in his small Poland town. Could be. Polish town. Oh, for tourism? Tourism, yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of statues of Jesus? 
I in their graven images verses. I I think so, but I, I think that so. it has to do with other idols. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the graven images issue was God having issues about people building statues of him. Of him, <laughs> I think it had to do with other. Well, things. if you start worshiping the statue, though, that's true. That's true. I mean, but, I mean, but now this is a liturgical church question. Yeah, right, right. I didn't grow up in that tradition, so I I find it. Do you have appreciation for when you see Jesus in a stained glass window or Jesus? 80 feet tall in downtown Manhattan. I don't know. I mean, well, back, I mean, didn't it originate because back in the medieval times, and especially in the Catholic Church, people didn't have access to the Bible themselves or they generally couldn't read. Uh, so the stained glass windows told the story of the gospel. So they were important in communicating scripture. Uh, they weren't like being used as worship objects, right? That, that yeah. feels very different than building a statue, though, for tourism. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. Is like there was a purpose of spiritual formation and growth. So you think God might care about the heart behind why the statue is being built? I feel place. like you have an agenda, and you're trying to get us to. Come no, around. I'm just curious. I'm just curious <laughs> at what the uh, no. What do you? What do you think? Thing. I I it makes me uh, it. I feel like it turns. It for, it turns Jesus into a non a living entity. <laughs> it, to me, I think most people don't think about him as a man. I think they, uh, I, yeah, I, I think it it turns him into some sort of uh, ancient art piece rather mm-hmm. than a real human being. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, think I just weird. don't see the necessity of it. What if they tithe or the uh, <laughs> the tourists? Or, or I mean, <laughs> right. maybe they maybe it makes him too much of the man. Jesus, who then died, mm-hmm. and they don't view him as still alive right. and as well. The I son think of most God. people most people don't struggle with the most Christians. I think have no problem seeing the divinity of Jesus. Most Christians have a difficult time seeing the humanity of Jesus. So explain. I explain. Meaning, I think most Christians see Jesus as God, as you know, as they see him in scriptures and, and through the narrative in the New Testament, um, but have a very difficult time believing that he was, a, not believing that he was a man, but seeing him as a real human being that walked mm-hmm. the earth. They think about him, well, it was Jesus. He could do that because he was the son of God, rather than going, oh, he was, he was like, he was a man. He, right. he was like me in his humanity and, uh, and don't have a very easy time uh, embracing that part of Jesus's life. Now, granted, people far from faith in Jesus, uh, you know, I think can see him as a man and embrace his humanity, but can't embrace his divinity. Right. So what do the statues do? So anyway, I, I, I think the statues, uh, depending on your tradition, depending on your story, affect you differently. For me, I feel like it uh, causes me to think about him as an ancient artifact rather than a real man that walked the earth. Yeah, I think it it continue it keeps him dead. You yeah. know, he's on the cross. He right. died. Right. Right. You know, and that's not the end of the story. Right. So I just find it odd that But they I, do it so that people will remember him. Yeah. Right. Right. That he yeah, that he's sacrificed himself for our sins and right. his blood covers our sins, but this statue, he's not on a cross. He just has a, uh, an enormous gold crown on with his arms outstretched. I said gold chains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hip-hop Jesus. Yeah. Hip-hop Jesus. So even that is weird huh. because it, it's, I mean, there's no real symbolism there. Does it look like the Burger King? It crown? kind of does. <laughs> does it it, it like really kind the of The Burger does. King guy. Okay, moving on. 
What's your slice? Uh, my <laughs> slice is uh, Dave Ismay, uh, who's a comedian that I'm sure everyone's familiar with. It's Ewan. No. Um, was told by doctors uh, that he had a deadly liver um, disease that was going to cause him to die in the next three months. Deadly diseases tend to. Yes, as they <laughs> cause do. you to die. And so he put a bucket list together okay. of the things that he wanted to do in his life and spent his life savings doing those things and then was told by doctors this is like the Queen Latifah movie you're not gonna die <laughs> it is the Queen Latifah movie it is a Queen Latifah movie I haven't seen the Queen Latifah movie <laughs> same it? thing she gets a wrong diagnosis and goes and spends all her money and and, find, her life. and finally finds true happiness and finds something that she's wanting to live yes. for. And in that moment, she finds out that it was a misdiagnosis. So now she's happy. She's in love, but she's flat broke. She's flat. Well, he found out 10 weeks later that the diagnosis was very wrong. And in fact, he was suffering from a treatable hereditary condition um, that was an overload of iron in his blood. So uh, he's uh, he said, to be told you have three months left to live really focuses your mind and brings everything into perspective. All the things that you said you were going to do but never did suddenly seem really important. Uh, when I got back from the doc, uh, when I got back from the doctors, the first thing I did was sit down and write my bucket list. And then he goes in, talks about the film, the bucket list, gives credit to Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson uh, for that. And uh, anyway, spent his life savings. So, would you be happy to find out that so you're he, now going to live? He did go through with all of his. Yeah, bought a Mercedes. He went and played a round of golf in Ireland. Visited Australia. And now he has no money. And lots of, <laughs> but he's gonna live. Congratulations! Really good memories. Well, he's yeah. a lifelong life. Now he's got nothing else to he live for. Memories. Yeah, for the rest of his life, he has good he memories. Yeah. Of course, he's homeless now. <laughs> That's wow. the problem. Wow. So anyway, I don't know if it's better to be alive uh, and with no money, uh, or to uh, <laughs> really. No, I'm just. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna choose life. life. <laughs> I'm, just I'm having a really hard week. <laughs> feel really depressed. George Michael had it right. Yeah. What? Choose life. Oh. The t-shirt. I didn't know. That's <laughs> not what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You're giving him credit? Wait, what? Okay. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Jesus Culture. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Jingle listening to Lisa Loeb. Seriously, we have KT Tunstall, no. and now it's Lisa Loeb. This is an epic podcast. With uh, the song. You so- say, <laughs> I only feel what I want to. The song is Jingle Bells. This is the Lilith Fair edition yeah. of the relevant podcast. Lisa Loeb's making music Chad, style. they are making fun of your music selections. Hey, it's Christmas. You can listen to anything you want and get away with it. <laughs> can we... Can we uh, End it at least with something good like like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, of course. Okay, let's. Did uh, New Kids on the Block had a Christmas album back in the day? They did not. Yeah. So did In Sync. Did you see New Kids on the Block on the AMAs I, last I night? Fell asleep. La- yes. Last awful. week. Awful. Okay. Awful. Okay. The Backstreet Boys part was awful. New Kids on the Block part was awesome. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> it was so my bad. Face I, I walked in there to watch I her and see if she was watching it. And her face was lit up like a Christmas tree. She was smiling so big. They when should drop the was whole block. Backstreet Boys. It's in KOTBSB now. <laughs> Nobody can sing. This is what was crazy about it. None of them. Yeah, There's like no. nine people. I mean, how many platinum albums are represented on that stage? And none of them can sing. Yeah, they're all, they were all. It was bad. Bad. Really bad. I mean, no one on the AMAs. In Lance general looked good sing. though. Lance. He's, no, Lance is an insane. Oh, I don't know. Oh. The one that looked like <laughs> isn't him. isn't one of those guys like a, a solo Christian artist now? Or yes, was. the Backstreet Boys. Uh, Brian. Brian. The Trill. I've Luttrell. seen him on TBN. Have you? Is mm-hmm. he still yeah. currently doing stuff? I haven't like that? seen. It. I've just. I've seen yeah. him. Yeah. I've seen I him on TBN. Still. Is he really? Jesus lovers. Oh, don't make fun of him for that. Well, no. I mean, he can be Jesus lover. I just wonder if he was still making albums actively oh. for oh, Christian yes, reasons. Probably. For Christian reasons. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Speaking of making albums for Christian reasons. Nice. <laughs> Jesus Culture came out with their new album, You Are My Passion, last week, last Tuesday. Uh, they also released a live DVD of of the recording, um, both of which are being featured at our website. The You can listen to the entire album on The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. And you can watch uh, some of the video at on uh, Relevant TV as well. We've been fans of Jesus Culture for a while. We we like to spotlight uh, really good uh, modern worship when we when we come across it, i.e. John Mark McMillan and Hillsong United and others over the last few years. Jesus Culture is no different. Uh, they're based out of Bethel Church in California. They're interesting. They take a very team approach to it all, but the worship director is Kim Walker-Smith, and that's actually who you're going to hear on the track that we're going to play. Um, you can check them out at JesusCulture.com. Here's uh, a track from their new album. It's called You Are My Passion.
That was Jesus Culture. You can stream the rest of their new album, Come Away, at the drop at relevantmagazine.com. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, do you hear As big as the seas With a voice as big as the sea You're listening to Copeland. The song is, Do You Hear What I Hear? The answer is yes, because we're both listening to Copeland. Mm -hmm. We had a garage sale this week, and uh, someone who did not uh, look like the Copeland demographic got out of their uh, large uh, conversion van and came up to our carport wearing a Copeland t-shirt. It's very interesting. Did you have any Copeland music? that you N- No, but it, it, it added a cool vibe to the garage sale that was not previously there. <laughs> I also had someone at our garage sale ask me if I was selling any firearms. Shut up. <laughs> True story. True story. It was amazing. Whoa. And uh, I had to think about it for a second, and then I said no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, fans of Blue Like Jazz know that for the last couple of years, they've been working to make a movie of it. Um, Steve Taylor uh, approached author Don Miller with the idea what, probably three years ago. This is the former Christian rocker, Steve Taylor, correct? Right. And the label head from Squint, who produced Six Months None the Richer and others. He actually started making films when he was a producer for the Newsboys in the early 90s, Mm. and they did a film called Under the Big Top. Is that it, Chad? Yep. Yeah. It's it's epic. It's on YouTube. You can find it. So uh, actually, go check that out. It's Down Under the Big Top. Down Under the Big Top. It's a filmmaking, I think, debut for Steve Taylor. Mm. He also directed a bunch of their music videos for like Sixpence and stuff, so... He's making film for a while. Um, this decade, after after Squint closed, um, he's been doing f- like films. He did one with Michael W. Smith and others. Anyway, he approached Don Miller with the idea of doing a movie of Blue Lake Jazz, and they sat down to do this script uh, to write the screenplay. If you read Don's new book, uh, the idea of story and that message that he's um, going around the country talking about now, really, he says, was kickstarted because of the process of having to write this screenplay with Steve Taylor, um, Don was kind of in a funk and didn't kind of have, uh, wasn't sure what his story was. It was really interesting to hear him talk about that. Hmm. So the film had a screenplay, and it had a goal, and it had a name, and it didn't have any money. So the uh, guys went out to raise investment, and like any independent film does, and hit some roadblocks. And they finally got what they needed, but then at the last minute before production was supposed to start this year, uh, one of the major investors fell through. So what they do? They turn to the fans. And probably three months ago, two months ago, you started to see online uh, Save Blue Like Jazz, mm-hmm. the avatars on Twitter and things yeah. like that. And a movement started. And within six weeks, they raised all the money that they were needing. Um, like that three hundred thousand. Yeah, three hundred thousand. It was twice what they were going to go after. Is right. what ended up coming in. Yeah, yeah and, which is one fifty they needed, and they got the three hundred. En- they ended around three something. <laughs> they they would have kept going. Steve even said this, like 
I've never made a movie for this little amount of money. I mean, this even indie movies are like two million, you know. So um, this will be a challenge anyway. So if you guys want to give more, you know, sure. but but it is an amazing story. Um, so they're currently filming. They started shooting two weeks ago, and we had an opportunity to talk to Steve on the set uh, last week. Uh, Ryan Ham spoke to him, and here is some of that interview. I guess uh, probably the question on everyone's mind is, um, can you make a good drama for $800,000? <laughs> well, yes, it's it's possible. It's just it's just harder, mm-hmm. right? It, it's it's very difficult to do unless you've got a, 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 a small army of people who really want to see it done and are willing to uh, make sacrifices for the good of the project. So, you know, there's the old saying... Um, Good, fast, cheap, pick two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the, the second day of production, I gave everybody the, our crew T-shirts, and it says uh, "Team BLJ." Good, fast, cheap, pick three. <laughs> and um, because that's really what we're asking everybody to do. It's like, you know, we got five weeks. We've got um, very limited resources financially, and it's got to be great. And so, um, pick three. And. Uh, I think so far, I, I mean, I think I think people are going to be surprised. Typically, movies like this run into problems because not only are they underfunded, but they're under sort of developed, I guess. And in this case, I've been I've had this movie in my head for you know over three years, so a lot of the pre-production was already done. I already knew where we would be shooting shooting things and what locations we were using and all that stuff, and so that helped a lot been able to get things that other projects wouldn't get because people believe in the project so are uh, the big camera rental place in town he's uh, just giving us the equipment for a uh, in, in return for a, um, a small stake in the movie um, typically that wouldn't happen but because it's blue like jazz and now because of the story it opens a lot of doors that you wouldn't have otherwise <laughs> Um, speaking of that kind of iconic nature, almost of the pro or of the book, especially, do you feel as the director and uh, like co-screenwriter, do you feel a lot of pressure on yourself? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a, like a huge amount of pressure because people love this book so much. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, Don and Ben and I spent a lot of time in Portland and then some time in Nashville working on it, and um, and then I would do more work on it at this coffee shop um, in Nashville. And I can't tell you how many times I would hear conversations about blue light jazz at a neighboring table. So I was constantly being reminded of just how dear people hold this book. Mm-hmm. And, and that puts rightfully a lot of pressure on, on all of us to, to make it good. Um, the one thing that's, that's probably the saving grace of this project is you don't put the book down and say, oh, I see this movie in my head. Um, I know exactly what it's going to look like. And because of that, I think people are more curious at what this is going to be than knowing specifically, having a specific idea of what it's going to look like. And I'm thinking that that's going to, probably going to work in our favor.
you have people who are my age, I'm in my mid-20s, and, you know, our whole readership pretty much is in that in that age group. And we grew up, right. I mean, with Christian movies that just suck. Like, horrible, horrible stuff yes. that our parents drug us to. Um, yes. Like, right. what is going to make Blue Like Jazz, like, what's going to make us like it? That's a, that's a great question. I want to give you a, a, an at least moderately satisfactory answer. <laughs> um, I, I think it started it started right from the beginning with the writing. Is we really do know where all those traps are, and we worked really hard to not fall into any of them as possible. Mm-hmm. The book gave us a lot of permission to do that to begin with. And then the setting gives us a lot of permission because, you know, when you have a movie set at uh, Reed College, we are assuming that people know that this is not going to be a family movie. And in fact, we are going to be very vocal about the fact that don't come with any preconceived ideas of what this is going to be. Um, And don't bring your little kids to this. This is not a movie for them. This is not a family movie. And in fact, you know, I've got a daughter. We all love things that are good for the whole family. But the thought that faith-friendly and family-friendly are the same thing is absurd. And it's a really bad idea. And so I think number one is we recognize all the places that these kinds of projects can go wrong. And that was topic number one from the beginning. Is we have to make sure that this movie doesn't fall into those traps right um number two is that the acting typically isn't very good (laughs) and it's because the script isn't very good so you can't get good actors because you don't have a good script and so no actor would would make one of any of these movies because the movies have no finesse you know they have no subtext the dialogue is is on the nose and again a good actor just wouldn't be interested unless you were paying him a lot of money. And, of course, in our case, we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so if we didn't come up with a good script, there's no way we could get a good cast, and we have a great cast. And I can't wait for everybody to see see how good our uh, our cast is. And then, um, uh, even though, you know, just because you don't have a lot of money doesn't mean you can't exercise a sense of style. You just have to work within your limitations. And so the approach to this movie is more, uh, if I say European, I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to scare people off. But, um, are you trying to say the blue like jazz is the first Christian French new wave film? <laughs> well, if, you know, let's just say I watched a lot of Godard before we <laughs> made this. Um, it, it's, uh, we're working really hard to, give it some sense of, of style. And, um, you know, I, I mean, money money is, it's just a reality. When you when you don't have a lot of money, there are certain things you just can't, you can't afford. And, um, but at the same time, if you got, if you got a good story and you've got good actors and you've done your homework on locations, and you've done your homework and knowing what you're going to do the day you show up instead of making it up as you go along, you can get a, a, a reasonably good-looking movie despite uh, those limitations. And so I think and, of course, hope people will be surprised at what we come up with. That was Steve Taylor. 
You can keep up with the latest on Blue Like Jazz, uh, the movie, at bluelikejazzthemovie.com. There's a blizzard coming on How I'm wishing I was home For my pony's late And he can hardly stand Listen to the northern side If we don't get home we'll die But it's You're listening to Camera Obscura. The song is The Blizzard. Playing right now on Relevant FM. Is that a Christmas song? It's not the most well-known Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's very festive. Yeah, we, my family, uh, we always sing The Blizzard while sitting around the, <laughs> when you the go piano caroling. on Christmas Eve. Yeah, with eggnog. <laughs> with the eggnog. Um, so, okay, it's time for feedback. Last week, we asked you what you're thankful for. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted it there. We just thought it would be so appropriate because yesterday was Thanksgiving. Right. We did a staff Christmas, or staff Christmas, staff uh, Thanksgiving dinner last week, too. Yeah, we did. We, it was fun. Uh, Loveless blew us off. I was not feeling well. That would not have been a good thing if I'd showed. <laughs> Um, it was great. We had a lot of fun. And was fun. There was games. It was catered. It was good. Um, Jonathan Lee Brown uh, says he's thankful for graduating college and that he has a job. Oh, that's 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 really good. That's actually. really great. And he says, honestly, I'm very thankful for you guys' podcast until he gets me through doing the dishes every week. So Aww. my question is, <laughs> he only does the dishes once a once week. Once a week. <laughs> I was wondering, is penicillin that his, is a problem? Is that his job, though? Do you think? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm no, just wondering. He graduated college, and he said a nice comment. Just, you just, I'm not. I'm just wondering. Maybe uh, he stops it in 20 minute chunks. Uh, yeah, he listens to the podcast <laughs> three times a week, every other day. For yeah. 20 minutes. Uh, Tim O'Donnell uh, says, this is not funny, so I'm screwed. Like, he's going into answering our question, but we said we'd only read the funny ones. Did we really? Uh, yeah, that, we was, that was referenced last week. So he's like, this isn't funny, so I'm screwed. But I'm going to read it anyway. He says, I'm thankful for the safety of my family. We had a house fire on October 2nd and have been living in a hotel ever since. My wife and son and unborn son were not harmed, and our two cats and two dogs got uh, all sooty, but seem okay. <laughs> Looks like we will get back in our home in early December in time to celebrate Christmas and thank Jesus for his many blessings. But most of all, I'm thankful for Friday, December 17th, the day Tron Legacy comes out. <laughs> yes. I have waited 28 years for this. This would have worked uh, on the podcast about things we geek out about as well. I will, however, not be writing a cardboard light cycle in line. And thanks for the many years of great podcasts. Was that a reference and to the Harry Potter weirdos who dress totally up? It totally was. Yeah. Nice. He's bringing it all in there. It's a light cycle. I don't even know what that means. It's those things that they ride that they light up. It's a bicycle that It's like lights. a bicycle. And that's what they race. I, I mean, know. that sounded like a very official the light cycle. The light cycle. Yeah. The light cycle. Yeah. Uh, Kyle. Good. Uh, I'm glad they're all safe. Mm-hmm. Kyle says it's off to- off topic, but any news on the video podcast, I would be very thankful for that. Why would he be thankful for it? Well, what? that's why he's saying thankful because it's in this. But why would he want to look at us? Maybe he's never seen us. <laughs> that's true. Have we ever posted? Well, no, on our staff page. Yeah. We did, yeah no, last year we did No Shave November. We posted pictures. I'm doing No Shave November right now, and it's just patchy. You are? <laughs> yeah. I We're almost into December. Literally. I know. I get to this threshold of like, I have it like a one stops. week of growth and it stops. It does. 
I don't understand it. I, I, I literally have not yeah. touched my beard since November 1st. That's true. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't grow a beard, so I can't even talk about this. Just neck hair. That's it. <laughs> You, you should, should grow a neck grow beard, dude. What it's what uh, it's uh, no shave neck November <laughs> or something. Well, no shave November is just all encompassing. So you can grow your neck beard. You just <laughs> shave. I mean, it's oh, it's gnarly. Come in like you're wearing a scarf. <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> wear lots of V-neck t-shirts that month. It's cold outside, people. I gotta wear my scarf. <laughs> my scarf's patchy in places, but. <laughs> Scarf nonetheless. <laughs> um, I don't. Are we gonna do a bo- video podcast? Uh, we had talked about it. Uh, we built a studio for it. We moved ourselves back to that studio, and then said, <laughs> "This is a lot of work." We got bored. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it it's just not something that um, we're built for. Like the format of this show, we're pe- good looking. I'm oh, a, we're totally good looking. We got. I have a face for radio, babe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 format of the show is really difficult. People people think we're like Mike and Mike in the morning, and just like, like or the Dan Patrick show you yeah. see on ESPN. And it's like just turn on some cameras and do your podcast. Right, we're way worse than them. <laughs> you don't understand. So There's a lot of editing in it. Yeah, no, there really is. I mean, back when I was editing the podcast, it would take me six or eight hours, and Chad's doing it in four or six hours. I spent I mean, three weeks on each episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. You can't, if you're doing video and it just doesn't work. So we would either have to go like to a live format where there'd be way more offensive things said. Yeah. (laughs) That right now we, you know, kind of have that sleep on it sort of thing. And then Chad comes in the next day and says, no, we got to take that out. Yeah. But Chad leaves some things in there that. That should be taken out. Well, he does, <laughs> and and that's why I have to do the sleep uh. on it thing. And so on Fridays when he's done, I listen to it before it goes up because he thinks it's funny when I say stuff or somebody says stuff that makes me look really bad. And so I will no, take that out. It makes me look bad. <laughs> I, I have a whole collection of, uh, <laughs> of things that Cameron has asked me to uh, take out of these podcasts. So if anyone would like to make donations, awesome. it's in a folder in yes. his computer called job security. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so we just thought like we would have to totally refer, like we would have to spend hours rehearsing. We would have to plan out every minute, every every segue, every train. You know, it's we just... have to wear pants. <laughs> Not really. You still sit behind the under the table. You have to wear a shirt. I mean, uh-huh. but you know, it just was like this is too much. Yeah, it's just gonna be hard. What what? Here's what what we will do is moving forward. We're um, going into the new year right now, and literally this this month, uh, Chris Miata and I are who heads up our digital are planning out our all of our digital development for next year. And one of the things that we're going to be emphasizing, not only is a completely new relevant website, completely new relevant TV website, music and podcast website, but we're going to start developing our mobile platform stuff uh, more aggressively, specifically original products for like tablets, iPads, things like that. What I want to do is put content in the, on the platform that best fits it. Nobody's going to sit. I mean, you could be at work and you could listen to this for an hour mm-hmm. and just keep working. Yeah. You're never going to sit and watch an hour long thing. What do you do? You sit in front of your computer at night? I mean, stream Netflix, please. I mean, we're <laughs> not, I mean, there's a lot better things to sit there and watch for an hour. So what my thought is, if we're going to do original video content, why not do a short daily thing that's just a couple minutes long? You know, maybe, maybe there's some other format, but stuff that fits the medium better and how people would actually engage it. 
Uh, I don't think a video podcast is that. Anyway, so that's that. <laughs> anyway, what that's are our digital plan for? for next year. <laughs> so he's thankful for us not doing that. That's what I'm thankful for, for us not doing a video podcast. And then uh, Ly Dizzle answering the question, what are you thankful for? She says, I'm thankful for idiots. Let's be honest, without them, it would be a dull, dull world. That's a good mm. way to end. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for this week's question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, it's Black Friday. You're probably listening to this while you're standing in line. Mm-hmm. Or, or doing the dishes. Or doing the dishes. <laughs> After yesterday's feast. Yes, right. Because you don't want to let them fester. Um, and so, you know, we thought, it's beginning of Christmas season. You're giving gifts for loved ones. We, we thought, what do you want for Christmas this year? What do you want? Um, last week, we launched the relevantgiftguide.com. And it's not the relevant. It's relevantgiftguide.com. It's like the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Just I want drop I want, the, the. I want pots and pans. Pots and pans. With that's glamorous. So anyway, <laughs> by in the, in the process of looking for uh, thoughtful gifts on relevant gift guide, um, we found so much stuff that was like creative, sustainable, fair trade, inexpensive, but really like cool and thoughtful and stuff. There's a lot of options under twenty bucks. Uh, I would 20 say seventy five percent of what's on the gift guide Most was under was, twenty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Um, so we thought, you know, you don't have to do the big consumerism Christmas thing. You can still give a thoughtful present if you want to give a present, mm-hmm. um, let people know you care, but it doesn't have to be just consumption stuff. So that's something that we've been thinking about lately. So we want to know, what do you want for Christmas? What, what's on your wish list this year? Yeah. Or what do you plan to give your friends? I know a lot of the ladies, they will exchange gifts with their girlfriends and stuff. So, so you're evolving the question from what do you want for Christmas to what are you getting other people for Christmas? Right. There are well, some people that are really excited about giving a specific gift to a specific person. That is true. So yeah, I, I actually like buying things for other people more than my, you know getting something big for myself. Because like, I'm, I'm turning into the person that if I want something, I'll just go, go ahead and get it myself. So yeah. it's not like I'm hoping and for some big gift. Mm-hmm. So I really like thoughtful presents that I didn't see coming, you know? And I like doing that for other people too. Collages. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Crafts. Lots and you're lots like of crafts. Handmade crafts that are thoughtful. Yeah. Chad, what do you want for Christmas? I wouldn't mind an Apple TV. Mm. 99 bucks. Yeah. Lots of They're entertainment. Fun. Yeah. I like it. Or just a safe trip up to New York. That would be nice too. Don't take Ryan here. We're driving. No, no. You are driving? Yes. Wow. Hmm. It's a long trip. That's a, a long, long trip. About it 20 is. hours. Are you going straight through? Yep. <laughs> lots of coffee. I've got an iPod full of good stuff. I'm going to listen to every single relevant podcast from the last. You are not <laughs> drive my wife insane. So yeah, <laughs> awesome baby. Check this out. Listen to this edit I just did. <laughs> you don't realize what Cameron actually <laughs> said there. <laughs> um, when I used to drive from Tulsa to Orlando, I it was a 24 hour trip, like in the car, 24 hours, mm-hmm. and. The first couple of years, like stop and sleep. And then by the time I'd done this 20 times, I was like, forget that. I just want to get there. And so I started driving straight through 24 hours by myself. Oh, my gosh. That's not, not safe. Smart. Uh, well, I find that in hindsight that to be the case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a great idea at the, at the time, time. I just wanted to get there. I saved mm-hmm. the whole extra day. You know, you can sleep when you get there. And then that was actually the bad thing. I would sleep the whole day when I would arrive. And then <laughs> it was like still two days, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but. Anyway, all right, we'll head over to the podcast. Why why don't you ask Josh what he wants? I'm curious. I I, I actually, my wife has uh, decided not to buy me presents anymore. (laughs) 
What? Why? Because uh, for years now, I take everything back because I believe I can get a better deal. Yeah, <laughs> after the holidays. And so I you always can. take receipts back and the clothes back and the stuff back and believe I could have picked out something better. <laughs> and so it's actually a little point of contention in our marriage <laughs> yeah. right now. You're just so a little ungrateful. I apparently am. And so she brought this to my attention uh, for my birthday in October where she was like, just so you know, you're not going to be receiving any more presents. I'm going to be buying you gift cards. And, so yeah, I get a um, gift card and then you can... Let you go do your own thing. And I was so offended. And she's like, think about the last thing I bought you that you didn't take back. And I was thinking, well, that's your fault for not thinking <laughs> of the exact thing that I want. So that's, that's, You are correct. I this. thought so. You but, are. But she, over the course of a three-hour conversation, proved, <laughs> proved uh, that she had a different feeling about that. <laughs> well, she can so, feel however she wants, but you're still right. I know. Well, I don't oh, know whatever. what I want until I go to the store with, like my mom bought me a couple of things. Hi, mom. Hopefully she's not listening to this. Like $100, two shirts at Macy's. And uh, I was like, I can do better than that. So I took them back and uh, realized there that it was $100 worth of stuff and bought like three things for $40 on clearance. And I have $60 left on my account for nice. gift card. So yeah, I'm trying always. So try you're to, cheap like Maya. I, value is important to me. Very important to me. So Well, me too. I mean, like I won't. I mean, I, I scour the web. I hate buying stuff even in a retail location because I, I have to go check five other websites first, and usually I can find a deal online. Yeah, but I think I want a Vespa. I think that's the thing, but yes. that's not something you can just throw down for Christmas. She might get you the wrong color. Yeah, you take it back. <laughs> or, or she'll get you fifty cc, and you wanted a one fifty. Right, 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 right. So that's not something you want to entrust to someone else. That's true. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us what you want for Christmas. Head over to the website relevantmagazine.com and click on the podcast episode page. And post your replies right there, and we will uh, read them on the air next week. And maybe, just maybe, Santa will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll wrap up the podcast. Many thanks to Steve Taylor for taking time away from a busy day of shooting to talk to us about the movie. If you want to track their progress, uh, it's bluelikejazzthemovie.com. Uh, while you're online, why don't you head over to the drop at relevantmagazine.com and listen to the new album from Jesus Culture. It's called Come Away. Uh, it uh, and the DVD just released last week. Uh, you can find out more at jesusculture.com. That's a good segue. What about being while you're online? Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. You are working on Chris it. Fowler. Hey, if I get good at this, Chad, we could do a video podcast. We could do it. <laughs> That's the only thing holding us back. <laughs> My segues. <laughs> I haven't tried for five years <laughs> to get good at this. Might as well start now. It's my it's my resolution for 2011. There it is. There yeah. it is. Gotcha. Okay. Well, on, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Josh Loveless, and I am Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Bye, Jesse. Thanks for listening to the relevant podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Ewan McGregor. I can't say it.